0: We're continuing in our study through the book of Luke, so would you open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 20, verses 45, and following we'll go through chapter 21, verse 4. Luke chapter 20, verse 45, and let's stand now for the reading of God's Word. And in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces, and the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers they will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on." Would you pray with me? Lord we pray that you would open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your Word. Bless us now with your presence by your Holy Spirit. Take your Word, plant it deep in our hearts. May we not be hearers only, but doers of Your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The first time I ever went to a pastor's conference, I was not a pastor, I was serving as a deacon in our local church, and I had the privilege, Charlotte and I got to go with our pastor who was mentoring me at the time, and we went to a big one. There were about 10,000 people there. And I had never been to anything like that, and I had never seen the entourages of men in shiny suits. Important people. I mean, preachers that you heard on the radio and TV. But they weren't by themselves, they always had these large entourages. I mean, it was almost like Secret Service with men with earpieces ear and communicating with everybody, keeping them safe. Now, many of those men were godly men and pursued holiness and have proved over the past 25 years, even since then, to be godly men who were committed to holiness and purity, committed to the Word of God. And some of them were overcome with pride and overcome with their desire to be important in people's eyes. The shiny suits through the years have given way to skinny jeans at different times, and while there's gray hair, there's also many that have shaved their heads in order to be on the cutting edge, and some of the beards that have been grown in order to look like Spurgeon and Calvin many times look like Duck Dynasty. And The pastor's conferences have changed through the years. But there's a warning that's on display. Beware. Beware of pride and beware of pretentiousness. Beware of wanting to be important. And in the hearing of all the people, Jesus said to His disciples, beware of the scribes. Now He wasn't talking about you need to beware of them because in those long robes they've got a a dagger and you need to watch out because they might get you. And it really wasn't beware of the scribes because In the provoking of the teaching in these last days before the cross, remember Jesus is teaching daily on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem during this Passion Week just days before he would be lifted up on a cross. And his pointed teaching would provoke the religious leaders to arrest him. And for Him to be crucified, all according to God's plan. But what Jesus wanted His disciples to know is to beware of them. Watch out for them as an example. Watch out for the same fleshly desires and behaviors that lurk deep within all of us. See, it wasn't just about them, it was beware because you have that capacity in you. And you and I have that capacity as well. Jesus is saying don't be impressed by them, and don't be like them because their destruction is sure. So I want us to see four things this morning, and the first is this, beware of pride and pretentiousness. Look at verses 45 and 46. And in the hearing of all the people, He said to His disciples, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, and who love greetings in the marketplaces, and the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at feasts. They liked it, they loved it, they desired it, they craved it, they had to have it. They had to have attention and admiration, they yearned for it, they lusted for it. They had to be seen as impressive and important. John Calvin said, at that time the scribes burned with covetousness and swelled with ambition. Their extortions were notorious, their cruelty was formidable, and such was their corruption of manners that one would think they had conspired for the destruction of the law. They were outwardly very religious and important, but were so corrupt. And Jesus was telling His disciples to beware of pride and pretentiousness. Let me give you a a definition of what it means to be pretentious. It means to be characterized by the assumption of dignity or importance, especially when exaggerated or undeserved. Making an exaggerated outward show to be ostentatious, to be pompous, to be showy, and really that's what described these men. Do you recognize even in your own heart the capacity to crave other people's admiration? To be seen as important in people's eyes? To strut around? To look down on people? To promote yourself? That's what Jesus was telling his disciples to beware of, and the Spirit is, is telling us today to beware of pride and pretentiousness. You see, it's in us, just like Joel was talking about sitting before the Lord and confessing our sins to the Lord and doing battle with indwelling sin. This is one of those things that we need to uncover all of the layers and look at the sin that's lurking within — pride and pretentiousness. But secondly, Jesus says to beware of greed and predatory desires. Look at verses forty. 47, who devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. Who devour widows' houses. Literally the language is to eat down, to devour, to chow down on widows' houses. And the word in the Greek that's used for houses. Could mean household, or the house that you live in, or all of your possessions, and really in the context of this, that's what it means, is to devour widows' possessions, everything that they have. So the scribes were looked up to, and many times they were supposed to be caring for widows and making sure that they had what they needed and that the funds and the properties and all of that. And they were devouring these poor widows. They were taking advantage of them. They were filled with greed and selfishness and predatory desires. They were like wolves going after the weak. See, this is the kind of selfishness that harms those who are weak and susceptible, defrauding those who trust you, using your position to take advantage of vulnerable people. And you might say, I don't have predatory desires or that even capacity within me. You can see it even on the playground when children are wanting to trade toys, and maybe one child sees a toy that they want that's of greater value than what they have. And so, they try to convince or trade their lesser toy to get the greater toy because that's what they want. And so, they try to defraud or try to take advantage of maybe even somebody who's younger or weaker. And that's what these men were doing spiritually and financially and emotionally to these poor widows. They were supposed to protect. They were supposed to provide and make sure that these widows had everything that they needed and they were taking advantage of them. I think an application of this would be what we've seen through the years in churches across the nation, whether it be the scandal in the Catholic church priests taking advantage of young boys or whether it be even in the Southern Baptist Convention over the past 40 years where 700 people are cases of abuse. But it's not just in these denominations, it's across every denomination because people have the capacity of selfishness and wanting to take advantage of other people and Jesus is saying, beware of greed and predatory desires. And we need to beware of even that capacity within ourselves and beware of it in other people to protect the vulnerable. To make sure that no one is preyed upon, and these scribes were preying upon these vulnerable women. Number three, beware of phony religion. Beware of phony religion. Verse 47, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They're lengthy prayers for the sake of appearance. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward." It was an outward show. Their long prayers were for the sake of appearance. Now, the context is. Verse 47 Who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. There's some connection there between the long prayers, maybe interceding on behalf of the widows. But it was fake, it was phony. It was nominalism in name only. It was not real. It was not genuine, and Jesus was calling them out and warning the disciples and us to beware of that tendency towards being phony in our devotion to the Lord. But not only in prayer, but also in giving. Look at the the next paragraph, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins, and really these two paragraphs go together and they're connected with the term widow. He saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. So not just one person who put in a big wad of change. The idea is that this poor widow has put in more than all of them combined. That that what these rich people were doing was all for show, it was totally fake. And this poor widow, her giving was authentic, and what she put in, even though it was just tiny, it was like a penny, it was more than all of them combined. Jesus says, for they all contributed out of their abundance, out of their excess. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. She put in her bread money, and they put in their wads of pocket change, which was excess. see, the issue is not the amount that we give to the Lord, but the amount that we withhold. Let me say that again. The issue is not the amount that we give to the Lord, but the amount that we withhold. The question is, is our giving an expression of true worship, authentic worship? of sacrifice, of wholehearted devotion, or is it just a token? A token of half-hearted, going through the motions, religious nominalism, where we're giving out of the abundance of discretionary excess, and we don't even feel the impact. When we give, Do we joyfully feel it? Does it change the way that we live? Do we give out of our budget or do we give out of our discretionary over and above the budget? Is it sacrificial? Do we feel it? Or is it just out of the excess? We don't even feel it. See, Jesus takes not note of not only what we do, but the heart attitudes and motivations behind what we do. Because He sees and He knows fully, He's able to judge rightly. Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and he saw a poor widow. You see, he sees not only what we do, but the motivations behind what we do. And he not only saw the rich putting in their offerings and the poor widow putting in her offering, but he sees everything that we do. All of our actions, and he's able to judge rightly. Which leads us to number four, beware of the greater condemnation. Look back at the end of verse 47. They will receive the greater condemnation, the scribes, the ones who loved, to walk around in long robes and get the greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at the feast, the ones who devoured widows' houses and for a pretense made long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. But also even tied to the rich who were putting in their offerings. See, to whom much is given, much is required, and they will receive the greater condemnation. In James chapter 3 verse 1, James says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And the scribes and Pharisees and all the religious leaders will be judged with greater condemnation and pastors and church leaders and teachers and and those who are influencing people in the church will be judged with greater strictness. And Jesus is saying, beware, be careful. Because of our, because of your and my capacity towards all of this phony religion, pride and pretentiousness, greed and predatory, preying on people who are vulnerable. So how can we apply this? What will we do with this? First of all, we need to cultivate a heart of contentment in Christ. A heart of contentment in our identity in Christ that All I have is Christ, and I can say hallelujah, praise the Lord. He's all I need, whom have I in heaven but You. There's nothing on earth that I desire besides You, and though my heart and my flesh may fail, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Is God your portion? Is your identity in Christ, or are you? longing for other things? Are you longing for the acclamation of man? Are are you longing for people to see you as important, as significant? Or are you satisfied to be in Christ and secure and safe for eternity, that your life is Christ and to live as Christ, and to die as gain, and I don't need the praise of man. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So cultivate a heart of contentment in order to be on guard against pride and pretentiousness. Secondly, cultivate a heart of compassion. A heart of compassion for the vulnerable. Look at the Scriptures and see how God describes His care for the widows and the orphans and the sojourners. How He provided for the poor through the being able to glean the edges of the fields and and develop a heart of compassion. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. If you want to fight against greed and not caring for the vulnerable, not protecting the vulnerable, then cultivate a heart of compassion for the vulnerable. Notice those who are around you, who have needs. Care for those who are around you. Look through the lens of the Gospel. Look through the lens of Jesus and see people who are in need and move towards them in care and compassion. But thirdly and finally, cultivate a commitment to truth. Truth in the inward being. David says in Psalm 51, behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Truth in the inward being means it's not phony, it's authentic, it's real. That what you put in the offering plate, that all of your religious devotion, tells the truth about wholehearted devotion on the inside. It's not on display for other people to see, it's real, it's true, it's wholehearted devotion. It's not nominalism in name only, but it's real, authentic, true faith. So cultivate a commitment to truth. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. He is the truth. Does your life tell the truth about Jesus, about what He has done for us? His life and death and resurrection, His kingship, His glory. Does your outward behavior tell the truth about your commitment to Christ? So cultivate a heart of contentment, a heart of compassion, and a commitment to the truth in order to be on guard against pride and greed and being phony. If you're here today and you have never met Jesus Christ, I want to commend to you Christ. Christ crucified and raised from the dead. See, God in His great love for sinners sent His one and only Son to die in the place of sinners as an atoning sacrifice to pay the penalty that you and I have earned from our sins. And He He lived a perfect and righteous life that His very righteousness would be counted, credited to everyone who trusts in Him, so that they could be accepted. So that trusting in His life and death and resurrection, we could be forgiven and accepted and have eternal life. And maybe today you would say, I need Christ. And I want to encourage you to commit your life to Christ today. And tell us, and we would love to walk with you and to help you follow Christ. Would you do that? Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word and we pray that that we would receive it today for what it is, the Word of God. That Your Word would be authoritative in our lives and that You would change us by Your Word. That we would be different when we walk out than when we came in. Lord, I pray that we would not resist your word and say this is only for those scribes or for someone else, but that we would be able to apply this to our own lives today. And that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us see the sin that lurks within That we would confess it and war against it and be delivered from it by our Lord Jesus. And we pray in His name. Amen.